Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Winona One-on-One. I am your host, Winona Daily News Editor John Casper Jr., and I'm joined this week by a former Winona Daily News Editor, Gary Evans, who's gone on to do quite a few different things uh, since then. He was the president and CEO of HBC. He worked at Winona State in a variety of administrative roles. He's now working as a partner in the New York private equity firm. Uh, But one of the reasons we're talking to him today is his third uh, book, Death by Payback, is uh, going to be released, and he's doing some signings in the area this weekend. Uh, It's the third in the series. Uh, The series also includes Death by Drowning and Death by Poison. Uh, my guest, Gary Evans. Gary, thank you for, for coming down. John, thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so the third book is done. It is. Is that more of a relief? Is it excitement? Is it a combination of all sorts of feelings? I, well, I would, <laughs> I would like to tell you it's getting easier. <laughs> it's not getting any easier. Um, I was reviewing some questions today, and one of them was, what's the most difficult part of the process? And um, as you know from your business, you, you learn to write on the run, so that's, that's pretty much an everyday kind of thing in newspapering. Mm-hmm. It, it's different in writing books, but it still requires the initiative to getting going. And I think it's that getting going that's the toughest piece. You know, when you're starting a book, you realize that you haven't written the first of what's going to be about 300 to 350 pages by the time you're done, and you're sort of looking at it as an insurmountable task. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of get into it, and after a couple chapters, things start moving along, and and then you're having fun, and and once the fun phase starts, it's it's fun. It's right. it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I go through that process when I was a writer, writing stories, and and then yeah, it kind of that that part kind of makes you want to chase it again. I think you it know? well it does, and I think in my case, well, there there was the you know I was thinking back today. I started uh, writing for my hometown weekly newspaper when I was a junior in high school, so that's a very, very long time ago. And, um, and I've always sort of wanted to write, and I always wanted to write a book. Never thought I could, but wanted to. And then one day I just started, and... Now three books later, well, actually, the fourth is written and the fifth is about halfway written. So. Oh, okay, so there's more, there's yeah, more coming. I, well, and I, I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I come from a line of storytellers. Um, other people may characterize us by different names, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that... Uh, uh, my dad and my father-in-law were both good storytellers, and um, the fourth book is about cattle rustlers and moonshiners, um, simply because they both regaled me with stories about cattle rustling and moonshining to the point yeah. that I laugh every time I think of them. <laughs> and. Uh, it just seemed um, 
something that cried for a bit of a, a retelling. So yeah. I'm doing that in book number four. And then in book number five, um, it's really a takeoff on something that changed my life markedly uh, back in 1953. There was a kidnapping in La Crosse hmm. of a um, 15-year-old girl um, who was the daughter of a University of Wisconsin lacrosse professor. Um, the uh, crime has never been solved. Mm -hmm. The body never found. Um, the lacrosse Tribune writes about it every now and again mm -hmm. yeah. uh, during anniversary time. And... Um, so uh, it just seems like the Lacrosse Winona area are pretty fertile areas for for sure. story material, and yeah. so I guess I'm sort of glad I live here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now I know these are all fiction, but they're kind of based on at least the first one, "Death by Drowning," was based on the drownings of Lacrosse. Do you ever worry about you know writing something that may hit a little too close to home for some people? Do you ever have somebody come up and say, hey, is this me in this, in this book? <laughs> no, no, I've not had that. Okay. I, I do have the worry, though, yeah. um, particularly um, with the fifth book. You know, I did a lot of soul searching before starting to, to head out on, on that course. Um, and I got a lot of encouragement uh, along the way. I guess one of the things is that probably few people other than myself and a few others, uh, probably in the newspaper business, uh, remember it anymore. But it was something that changed life in this area. Um, I was growing up up the river from here, and I remember that until... Uh, the kidnapping happened, we never locked our doors. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly everyone was locking their doors and no one was trusting sure. anyone. And so it was, it, it was a, life, a lifestyle change and yeah. um, had, had a real influence on me because it was the first time that something heinous hit so close to home. Sure, sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, um, you know, I also uh, do some work for our newspaper up in Chippewa Falls, and they have a case in Barron County where a 13-year-old girl went missing after her parents were murdered. And I imagine it's probably very similar to what they're going through. And it's it? going to be the same yeah. thing for them yeah. 50 years from now if that young lady oh, isn't yeah, found. Absolutely. Um, you know, the story's going to be told and retold and That's retold right. down through the generations. And um, she will never be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, for people who know her, and I hope this isn't the case, but, you know, it could be just like the lacrosse case that the people who know her will find no closure because sure. if yeah. she isn't found, um, it's going to be a terrible thing for yeah. them. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but with this, uh, this, this latest book, is there for 
do you have do you, do readers have to read the first two before they read this one? No, absolutely okay. not. Um, I I think that um, it it probably will lead them to want to read the first book sure. if they pick up three first. Okay, uh, because they will probably want to know how um, the killer got to this point along sure. the way. I. Um, you asked a question about people asking me questions, and the best question that anyone's asked me about writing is, have you known all of your characters? <laughs> and, um, you know, that one stopped me because obviously in my book, the first book, there's a serial killer, and the serial killer seems to have lives after the first book, and um, in thinking about it, yeah, I have known every one of those characters. Now, I have not known a serial killer, but I have known someone with the um, with the traits of of the serial killer in in the book. Uh, and as a matter of fact. I met her much like this setting. Hmm. She and I were sitting in my office when I was at the Daily News having a discussion. I assumed that this was another um, speeder hmm. or some sort of traffic infraction uh, person who didn't want their name in the newspaper. and. Um, so I, I started out firmly by telling her that we used all the names, and she quickly disarmed me by saying, no, no, young man, you, you, you're mistaken here. I don't care if you use my name. It's my age I care about. Please don't use my age. And that tells sort of more of the story yeah, yeah. than, than but, but it was an interesting time. Um, huh. Those days in journalism were interesting. Well, I don't imagine they're any less interesting now. It's, yeah, it's it's just that it was that was my era, and sure. uh, there were more characters than John. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, I bet. Yeah, know, I, mean, I, the, bet, I bet there's probably no shortage of characters for for these books. And no, um, and there was no no shortage of characters in newsrooms yeah. back then. You know, it, it was a much different time. I mean, everyone smoked, mm -hmm. everyone drank. Um, you tried not to do it too often on the job. Um, <laughs> but occasionally that happened. Uh, it was, it was um, a colorful time. Yeah. Have you ever thought about writing a, a newspaper fiction book? or? A, I, you know, I have, and I, and I sort of wonder why I haven't. Yeah. Um, because uh, some of the first people I worked with were just priceless uh, from, from a character point of view. Sure. You know, my, my first editor um, read, the first thing he would do when the outdoor editor put his column on his desk, nobody else would read the outdoor editor because he had a problem spelling and his grammar was worse. 
And But the first thing the editor did when the outdoor column hit his desk was to reach in the bottom drawer and pull out a bottle of Chevis Regal. And then he would read the column with a pencil in one hand and the liquor bottle in the other. And... Um, Seems to me it almost always took a bottle full to get yeah, through probably. the column. Yeah, I I wish I would have known about that trick. I, 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 probably <laughs> I don't do it think it would go well no, today. No, but yeah, there there are definitely sometimes some 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 stories. I I won't say any, none of the current staff, but in the past there have been some some people I've edited where I felt so oh, yeah. I would like to do that as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, there were. Um, Lots and lots of characters. It was yeah. a, it was a different age then. Yeah, yeah, and I just I imagine you know the newspaper also probably had a bigger role in driving you know the the topics in the community and the what was going on as well. But it was more of a center point I think of people's lives then than the the maybe. Yeah, you now. know I I feel badly in many ways um, that newspapers nationally have. Uh, floundered a bit um, over the recent past, and it's it's where I get my news. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't live without my morning cup of coffee and my newspaper. Sure. And uh, fortunately, I have a lot of friends who feel the same way. But um, I know that you know there are a lot of newspapers that don't exist any mm-hmm. longer. Right. I mean, right. I I never thought I'd see the Rocky Mountain News not being yeah. published, and and uh, you know when when I left the Daily News the second time uh, to go to the Minneapolis Tribune, there were there were two newspapers in both cities. Mm-hmm. There was the Pioneer Press and Dispatch in St. Paul and the Tribune and the Star in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And now you've got the Star Trib, yep. one newspaper, and um, and you've got the Pioneer Press yep. in St. Paul. So it it's... Um, you know, more and more of us exist. Well, we exist now as kind of a soundbite society. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. Too bad. Yeah, and I think you know, newspapers adapt with, the, or they, we've tried to adapt with the times. So they're I, a little slow, and I mean, something like this. I mean, I nobody was doing the podcast in your day. <laughs> no, 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 no so, nobody was yeah. thinking. I mean, we were closer to smoke signals right, than yeah. we were to podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So something like this that we're taping now is it is a newspaper story in a way. We're still providing it information it's and information. You bet. Yeah, it's just it's just in a different form, and so yeah, it is. Yeah, I would I, I would love to be to go, go if there's such a thing as a time machine where you could go and work for a, a couple years in a different era. I'd love to go back into into that era and and and, and what it was like, and you know, meet those characters and and everything and. And the editor editing with a you know a bottle of booze. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it, it was a different time, as I mentioned, um, and and uh, but but the whole world was slower then. Mm, sure. You know, we live at warp speed now, and and um, you know, I I remember talking to my wife recently. Her uncle was killed in World War II, 
And it was two years after he was killed before they got the news. Oh, geez, yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, that's kind of the way it was back then. Um, if, if it wasn't in the newspaper, you didn't know about yeah. it. And, you know, I grew up in Elma, and um, I had the north side of town, and I had 120 customers on my route, and there were more than that on the south side of town, so virtually everybody got the newspaper. And... um, not too uh, many anymore. Well, it's it's in the teens, I think. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, probably true. Yeah, but I, I talked to a, a subscriber from from Alma the other day. So yeah, so there there are a few that still get our paper up there. But yeah, that's, it, it that's definitely good. Is. I, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't get home very often, and sometimes now it's hard not to think of Winona as home. I've been here for yeah. so long, but uh, I. Um, I loved Winona from the start, and I still do, and uh, I'm glad to see that the newspaper is back downtown. Yeah, it is nice to be back downtown. I'm glad to see that downtown is picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, Fasenal's presence downtown is going to be a big thing. I mm-hmm. think it's going to help with a, a revitalization effort. You know, I just came by the new Bob Kirlin development over on um, Maine, mm-hmm. and uh, that's beginning to look pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, in, in line with, with my job, uh, my New York job. I was in Montreal a couple of weeks ago, and I was, I was sort of thinking to myself as I came downtown that that mound of dirt on that lot over there it sort of looks like the mountain in the middle of Montreal. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. You could sell us uh, ski, ski lift tickets. Yeah, or right. In the winter, maybe. Well, we need a little more snow, but <laughs> I, I suppose, think it would be good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how have you enjoyed working uh, in New York? Do you have to do a lot of traveling for I that? I do or? a fair amount of travel. Um, I had not been to Montreal before, so yeah. that was a pleasure. Everybody told me what a beautiful city it was, and it is indeed. I, um, I, I quickly found out that nobody could understand me because right. I don't <laughs> speak French, and I couldn't understand them either. Which is sometimes is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Um, it was much busier than I anticipated. Um, Recently I was in Oregon looking at several companies that are candidates for acquisition and and so the acquisition piece is very exciting. That's that's fun. And um, you know I I love to do the analysis. I love to uh, try and figure out you know, where the money can be made. Yeah. If you invest in a company, how do you recover that investment? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, hmm. it's fun. Yeah, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm too old to be working, but uh, I'm still kid enough that, that I like to work. So yeah. it, it works out all right. I, I get to New York every once in a while. The city continues to on me. I just, yeah. every time I'm there, I think I walk around with my mouth open, you know. 
which which is yeah. a danger in New York because yeah, there yeah. are a lot of pigeons. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to be careful. <laughs> but uh, I, I, the the New York culture just absolutely um, causes me no end of of. Um, being overwhelmed. Yeah. It's yeah. just fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been a few years since I've been there. Uh, uh, my wife's brother used to live in Brooklyn. He just moved to Nashville. We've been kicking ourselves for not going to visit him lately. Uh, we, well, we Nashville's go, fun too, you know. It's, so it's not, it's not New it's York. It's not you New York. You can't hop in the subway and go no, to Rockefeller can't. Center and then go to Central Park. But you when can't. we visited them, she doesn't like, you know, necessarily doing a lot of not even touristy things, but just like I just want to go and be around the energy of that of that crowd for a little bit. Well, and I mean, you know, the spark York, is so, yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, it's just, I miss just hopping on the subway and not even really having a plan, just seeing seeing what's going on I, here over there. You know, I'm yeah. like you, and yeah. you know, I was, that's another thing I was thinking about today. You know, um, th- there was a saying. Or is a saying, but it is, if you don't know where you're going, then any road will get you there. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of yeah. me in New York City. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, and, yeah. And where will I wind up yeah. today? So when you do traveling for this, for this new job, do you, do you get to enjoy traveling, or is it mainly just a business trip? Well, it's, it's um, no, I, I managed to have some time to myself. I take some time. I had a couple of days to enjoy Montreal. I spent some time with business owners and and got to know their business. And I'm hoping we're going to make a deal. I it's a little more difficult to take the U.S. culture and and take it to a foreign place. And Canada, at least Quebec, is different. Sure. Um, and. Um, uh, Oregon is different still, mm-hmm. and uh, so currently we're looking at companies in Oregon, Georgia, and and in Quebec, Canada, and uh, I've been to all of those places, and I get to New York uh, about once a month, uh, which is enough um, to keep me curious about New York, yeah, yeah. and not so much that I'm that I learn not to like the city's right. problems. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And you know, th- this is a wonderful time to go to New York. Oh, sure, the, yeah, Christmas, Christmas time, yeah, Christmas yeah. time. Because you know that the city to me is is really a collection of small neighborhoods. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. all have their little grocery stores mm-hmm. with Christmas trees and things. Mm-hmm. And it, sure. it seems like life hubs around that very small area. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, um, New York is a huge cluster of uh, neighborhoods much smaller than the size of Winona. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah absolutely. Fun. Yeah. What's, the, what's the best meal you've had on, on the road? Best meal I've had on the road. Um, it would be very hard to uh, top uh, the meal that I had 
at a at a restaurant in Montreal the first night I was there. It was a seven-course meal paired with seven wine selections. Oh, oh, now, yeah. small glasses. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Understand. You weren't having to edit any outdoors. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. Okay. But uh, it, it was a, a wonderful meal that featured lots of things I hadn't eaten before. I mean, you know, some of the things I, I've had before, but... Um, Reindeer was somewhat new to me, and and um, uh, I had some other things. Uh, the foie gras was yeah. incredible. I mean, I I uh, don't know how they do that, but but it <laughs> <Yes>. was wonderful. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but but I enjoyed that. It's it's hard. If you're with someone who knows New York, it's hard to have a bad meal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even at the places that they say are low cost. Yeah, yeah. They're good, too. So, yeah. and in Oregon, I was um, in the eastern part of the state, which is uh, a place that I don't think many travelers get to. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, most of the activities concentrated sure. in the West. Um, but I was at uh, a resort area, and um, the uh, resort was just lovely, and the food there was wonderful too. So mm-hmm. I haven't had many many bad meals yeah. on well, the road. But yeah. then I look like I haven't <laughs> had many yeah. bad meals. Well, food always seems to taste better when you're traveling. It too. does, it, even even if it's just for business, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, neat, neat. So, uh, um, yeah. Well, uh, anything, any other interesting stories from the road or from the bu- from your well, book? Well, let's or? see. Uh, from the road, no. Yeah. I-, I lost my phone in Montreal. That okay. was that was a experience. Chattery, yeah. Yep. And um, but uh, the life is life is pretty calm. You know, except for the stories I make up. (laughs) So, um, and uh, they say that uh, fact is stranger than fiction, and I Mm -hmm. believe that's probably true, because (laughs) either that or I have a very, very um, mild imagination. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be <laughs> I know you touched on it a little bit when you talked about, you know, Fast and All coming downtown and, and Bob Kierlin's, you know, new uh, new apartment uh, buildings. You know, what what are some other things you'd like to see happen in, in Winona in the well, next I, five, ten years? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think um, one thing has happened. I've I've long thought that uh, as as good as the Dyke structure was for us. Mm-hmm. Um, for for those people who don't remember '65, '65 was um, a mostly traumatic spring mm-hmm. as the city sought to fight back the river and did successfully um, by creating um, an entire um, new um, flood fighting structure. Mm-hmm. that ran from, you know, Minnesota City at the west to um, down a, around Fleet Farm on the east. And um, 
it was just piles of dirt, right? And then the Corps came in and, and made everything permanent, and, and it left us with a, a riverside park that was mostly dike structure. Mm-hmm. And now the city has done some work there. I was down that way this morning. It looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. I see that Steamboat Days is going back yep. to the river. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, I, I I would love to see downtown Winona be as I first remember seeing it when. When I was in grade school, um, I lived with my grandparents in Alma, and uh, uh, my grandfather was a railroader. We didn't have a car, so we went everywhere by train, and at least once a week we came to Winona, and we rode the train to Winona. There was a train, one train in each direction every hour when I was growing up. And um, and it would come from Alma to Winona, it would come from would Alma to the Wisconsin junction side. across okay, the gotcha. river, and then a bus would oh, okay. bring us across the river. The depot used to be where the Gunderson Eye Center is over on the corner of Lafayette okay. and Second, yeah. yeah. and uh, downtown Winona was amazing. Yeah. But you know. Um, Elma was amazing then too. Yeah. I uh, Elma, I was thinking back not too long ago, and Elma had five grocery stores when oh, I was wow. growing up. Wow! Doesn't have well. Where were they quick all? trip today. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there was uh, the first one was on the north, and they were about okay. a block apart, all, all the right. way down the street. Yeah. There were. Five grocery stores, three hardware stores, a women's ready-to-wear store, a men's ready-to-wear store. I mean, but you know, the difference, John, was transportation. Sure, sure. Um, The cars weren't like our cars today, and the Mm. highways were a far cry Mm. from from our highways of today. And... um, Actually, it was far easier to get to Winona by train than it was to ride in a car <laughs> and come down here. And uh, I remember getting lost in downtown Winona yeah. when I was in <laughs> fourth or fifth grade. And I, you know, I thought I was going to be living on the streets yeah. of Winona <laughs> for the rest of my life. Sure, sure. And so... Having a bit of that back and having yeah. all of the buildings on 3rd Street filled again would be wonderful. I, th- I think we have that potential now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be as it was. Um, you know, there were uh, three or four department stores when we yeah. were coming here regularly. Choates was a big one. and. Mm-hmm. And there was Bailey's, and there were several others as well. And um, uh, this community had everything. And I remember doing a section for the newspaper entitled Gearing Up for the 70s. And it was a section on uh, what the community was doing to get ready for the 70s. And there were photos of 
the four-lane highway that was growing yeah. off to our southeast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think any of us truly understood how big the changes that four-lane highway would make um, in Winona. Mm -hmm. uh, when Rochester and Unalaska lacrosse, for lack of a better term, were connected and Winona was missed, you could almost trace Winona's decline as a thriving, bustling retail trade center to the opening of I-90 mm. back in those days. Um, but, but the things that I think about as I think about that section, um, we were just putting in something called Levy Plaza. Mm -hmm. And I don't imagine you remember Levy Plaza. They closed off Third Street. I've, yeah, and it was a pedestrian yeah. mall. Yeah. And of course that's disappeared now. It was just going so. into place in 68 and okay. it's gone now. Yeah. Um, and um, that there were so many things here then, um, industries that were um, very interesting. We had a, um, a recreational vehicle industry that rivaled Winnebago in mm. stature back then. And we had uh, something called Skydraulic Zoom Boom which which was the first telescoping um, bucket truck, if you will. Really? Huh. And um, there, there were so many different businesses and industries, but fortunately, um, we have Fasano, and, yeah. and I think that gives us the opportunity to grow and develop once again into, into something really special. I, I think of Winona as being special. Um, it's, it's hard not to, you know, if you think of the Marine Art Museum, if you think of the Shakespeare Festival and the Beethoven Festival, and mm -hmm. there are so many things and the, the universities here keep us young and vibrant, I think. And now, with more people working downtown, we're certain to see more business downtown. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, every time we post something about Fastenal doing something downtown, there's always a segment that says, oh, Fastenal's just buying Here up the whole city. Again, yeah. But the problem, like, nobody is going to believe in Winona unless the people who started in Winona believe in Winona. That's right. So I think the fact that you can say, hey, look, this company fast and all started basically in the storefronts in Winona grew up to be this huge company now they have the defining structure of yeah. Winona's downtown why can't you do the same thing or if you're looking to move your business into somewhere why does this huge company believe in this little town so much you so know I think, I, I think that would inspire other people to, I, to, to come I would hope so you know sometimes um, we can be incredibly small-minded I remember when we were struggling to grow HBC, and, and it was a fight. Every day was a struggle. And every day there'd be a customer saying, no, I'm not buying your service. Carolyn has enough money. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, if only they knew how, how much he's invested in this enterprise without any return on the investment. Yeah. And you know, I, for those people who think like that, um, I, I don't think they really know Bob. Yeah. Um, I, I'm reminded that a few years ago, I, I wrote to Bob one morning and I was saying something about um, the developing of Winona and when he wrote back to me, he said, isn't this a wonderful place to live? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, and, and, and that pretty well um, guides him and drives him. He does think this is a great place yeah, to absolutely. live. For sure, yeah. And, yeah. and he wants it to be the Winona that he remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, people should thank their lucky stars that he had the idea for a nuts and bolts vending machine. <laughs> yeah and that he had the foresight to grow the company here. Right, right. I mean, just think, look at all that he's done with that, too. I mean, the Marine Art Museum, the, the HBC, the well, money from the sale has gone yeah. to that. That's, that's why that apartment complex can be built, or that, uh, that, that downtown yeah. development. And, and that will also um, help in a big way the Marine Art Museum, because mm-hmm. a lot of the money that he invested, he made sure would be helpful to the museum in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Sure. So he, he's, a, he's a wonderful man who, whose motives are frequently misunderstood, I mm-hmm. think. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, if anybody realized, or if you just realize how he lives, you, you wouldn't be talking about him having enough money. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Um, if he's got five bucks in his pocket, he's a happy yeah, guy, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but he's an yeah. amazing benefactor for the community. Yeah, yeah. We just need to identify a few more Bob Kirlins in this town or people who are like like that. And, yeah. and hopefully, you know, yeah, like you said, the colleges keep us young. I think people tend to move away after they graduate and then come back here. But and think raise of family. how many but, come back. Yeah, but think let's let's try to keep them here for that 15, that would 20 be years. Great stretch. Because unfortunately we could use them yeah. for that 15, 20 years that yeah. they're absent now. And I think that's start that's another thing that's starting to slowly turn. And I think hopefully with more more jobs downtown, more places to live downtown, places, you know, like Island City Brewery, you know, yep. things, things that other larger cities may have on a smaller scale. Um, you know, hopefully it's all kind of coming together and I, we'll help. I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Well, Gary, thank you so much for, for dropping well, thank by. thank you. I've had a blast, yeah. as always. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to be in a newsroom. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different than, than your day, but uh, <laughs> but we still have to put... I won't look in day. your bottom guest for it. You don't, yeah, you, don't, you don't have to. I, I don't <laughs> want to look in there. But, uh, um, I'll go through some of these book, book appearances you have this weekend. Uh, on uh, Saturday, December 8th, 1 o'clock at Pearl Street Books in La Crosse, and then from 5 to 7 on Saturday, December 8th at Barnes & Noble, 
And then here in Monona, 1.30 p.m. Sunday, December 9th at Paperbacks and Pieces. Um, and then there are a few other appearances, you know, across the state that you have. Yeah, I have one um, later on Sunday at Barnes & Noble in Rochester. Okay, so, Barnes & Noble in Rochester, too. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I was into Barnes & Noble over there, uh, well, I guess it's a couple of months ago now, and... and um, it's kind of funny when people recognize you, you know. <laughs> and uh, I walked up, I was buying a couple of books, and I walked up to the counter, and the clerk looked at me and said, are you Gary Evans? <laughs> and I said, yes. And she made some obligatory nice comment about my books, but then said, um, I just sold two of your books yesterday. So that, well, it's, it's kind of fun when yeah. people recognize you and sure. say that they enjoyed your book. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's available at Barnes and Noble. It Amazon. is Amazon. Where's the best place for people to buy? What's what's the one place that gives you the most money for for books being sold? Or is it, is uh, it's, all the same? it's pretty much all the okay. same. All right, they all, all right. get it from the same distributor, gotcha. and the and the returns are about the same. Okay, I'm you know I'm partial obviously to paperbacks yeah, and pieces absolutely. because yeah, yeah, Shelley's a, a great yeah, yeah Shelley's <laughs> a great person and um, she's a wonderful friend and if I had my way. Every book I sold would sure. be sold at paperbacks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Gary, thank you very much for coming down. John, a pleasure. Yep.